Hello and welcome to I Wish I Knew That About Songwriting. My name is Jamie and I'm going to be your guide, taking you through every single thing I wish I knew about songwriting before I started in this game. Hello everyone and I'm just freshly back from a weekend away, but I promise you I've been thinking about this interview the whole time. And I've been really excited to talk to this human being because we met last week and as soon as I spoke to her, as soon as I heard some more of her story and her context, I was desperate to get her booked in, desperate for her to share her stories with you. And my only note really I had was this human being is an absolute workhorse and I'm going to let you discover that as we go. But there's some incredible stories, I think, that inspired me. And as I always say, that's my litmus test. So without ruining some of these gems, because I want to bring them out of you, question by question. Everyone, welcome, Looney. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Humble as ever. And I'm really looking forward to, to taking the, the listeners through what I experienced. And I'm going to do my best to do that. But if you wouldn't mind, who is Looney in your words and where did this start? Oh gosh, um, who is Looney? It's so interesting because I was literally just speaking to a friend earlier today about the perception you have of yourself and throughout my life I've always had like certain stories to tell like I've always had either people said something to me once or I have had a repeated belief about myself so when people say oh yeah you're work hard like you work really hard you're good at this you're good at that but I never really saw myself as that person so who's Looney she's I always saw myself as the clumsy one quirky um, never really knew what she wanted. Like she was always a bit all over the place. Like I was, my sister, we, I have a sister. She always knew what she wanted. Since she was four years old, she wanted to be a doctor. Little Looney, she had absolutely no fucking idea. I wanted to be a dentist. I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be an astronaut at one point. I wanted to be an astrologist. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a dancer. I wanted to be all sorts of things. Um, so I guess like it took me a little while to find my place in this world. So. Looney is generally a really happy person, but also a very sensitive human being. And I guess I've always just had this knowing in my gut that um, life was meant for more. Like I was meant for more things than what, like I was the path I was current, like I was on for a really long time. Like there's just got to be more to life than this, you know? Perfect. And for those that can't see the video, where are you? Because it's absolutely fucking beautiful. I'm in Bali at the moment, so I'm just in my um, in my outdoor living room. So it's it's really beautiful daytime. If you come at nighttime, it's a fucking nightmare because there's so many bugs. But it's absolutely lovely here. I have been in Bali for nearly three years now, on and off. But I say half and half, half in England, half here. But let's face it, most of the time it's in Bali right now. It's gorgeous. And for those of you that don't know as all, well, where did the journey of Looney start geographically? Geographically, in uh, Copenhagen. I'm born in Copenhagen, Denmark, and which is, you know, I've had a really beautiful childhood, and it's like Denmark's a beautiful country, but it's also very small, both in in like size, but also in mindset. People dress the same, generally think the same, do the same things, and little Looney, who didn't know what, know what she wanted to do, knew I definitely knew what I didn't want, and that was like that mundane lifestyle of just living the same nine to five every single day. That sounded like my worst nightmare. So I moved to London when I was, um, I was 20. So yeah, so that's when, uh, that was nine years ago now I moved to London. And again, I, I'm keeping back some of these little gems because I want them to be revealed as we go. And first of all, I think as a creative, as someone that's super sensitive, that's what we first bonded over and not knowing what you want to do 
is actually quite difficult sometimes when everyone else is quite happy to move into that kind of post-industrial, I'm going to do this and tick these boxes. So first of all, I love that you were able to share that because I think people are going to relate to that. But England, how did that come about and why did you take that leap across the sea? I love that question because it's actually born out of failure. And I think sometimes we really, I for one, has definitely been on a journey of practicing being open and vulnerable, also things that when they don't go well. So I had been traveling for three months with my bestie. We had saved up money in our gap year, went traveling. It was amazing. And in that year as well, I had applied for the Danish conservatoire, the contemporary conservatoire, to become one of the five people they take in a year. And I didn't get in. And I was quite devastated. And um, I was away when I found out. And I was like, all right, this really sucks. You know, but it is what it is. And I was like, oh, do I want to wait another year to try again? I don't really want to waste my time in case I don't get it in another year. Then then what, you know? And at the time, one of my peripheral friends was in London and she was like, come check out the schools. You can stay with me for a weekend. Why don't you come? And I was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I had like no money at this point. I used the last of my savings to get to London just for a weekend. And it was one of those beautiful Sunday afternoons. I was walking down Brick Lane and I was like, I don't know why, I just feel like home. Like if you have been to East London, you just know what that vibe is like. It was so quirky. People were just wearing, like, there was yellow suits, there was vintage shops, there was a feed market, the sun was shining. I just felt like, oh my gosh, this is something I have never experienced before, and I, I just need more of this. So I went to see the, a couple of universities, and um, I just like liked the one I saw, which was the Institute of Contemporary Music Performance, also known as ICMP. And they got me in for an audition three weeks later. So this was in June and I, the semester started in September. So three weeks later, I come back for the audition, which is early July. And I was accepted on the spot. When you were in London, what were you trying to do? And were you able to do that at ICMP? Because I'm a huge fan of ICMP, as you know. But what was that experience like for you? ICMP was, I absolutely loved my course. What I don't feel that I had too much of was the social life. I think the people that were there kind of already had their place. I moved to London knowing absolutely no one. The person that I knew, she moved back home to Denmark. So like I was just there on my own. And I think when you start somewhere completely new, it's very daunting. Like I have no idea what I'm doing here. Yeah, I'm following my dreams. But at that point, I didn't know what that looked like. But the cause, I did uh, a mixture between um, music production, songwriting, performance, and music business, which was the perfect combination for me because it was like a little bit of everything. And I absolutely loved that. But for me, the social life wasn't what I had hoped for. There wasn't a lot of events and stuff like that. I mean, you probably, <laughs> I mean, you say you crashed out some of the events and they were great. Maybe it was my course that weren't particularly socializing. Um, so I don't have many connections that I would say that are dear friends now, but I'm also just surrendering into that journey was the journey it was, and it gave me what it was supposed to give me, you know? That's fantastic. And I think this is where I get really excited because we start to just touch on what makes Looney unique. Everyone's unique, right? But what I mean is your ability to, to take on something, which actually, as we go through your story, people are going to see that workhorse parallel. So you're in London and also, yeah, I say Callum and I, who also, he started this podcast with me, we literally used to come and gate crash ICMP events because we couldn't get anything like that where we were. So I think as we talked about as well, like so important, the opportunities you create for yourself, that meaning relationships, the people you speak to. So maybe you didn't luck out in that respect. 
But what was your next step? Because I really want to hear about how you went and started working in the music industry. This story is awesome. Okay, so um, I'm laughing because sometimes you look back at your life and like, what the hell, man, I've done some shit. Anyway, I quickly realized being in London did not really fund my life as an independent up-and-coming artist. So I was like, well, I kind of need a job. And throughout my degree, I had been working, I've done everything. You name it, I've done it. I've been waitressing, doing lattes for like pennies per hour. I even stood on the street giving out tasters of food. Like that's, we have, we've done some stuff. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. I want to be in the music industry. So I managed to land a job at Universal. I got the HR lady's number and I called her every week until she gave me a job. Um, to be fair, like I said, I sent her my CV and this is what I'm doing. I've got a degree in music. Blah, do, blah, do, blah, do you have a job for me? And she was like, no. And I asked her, do you mind if I call back in a week? And she was like, okay. This woman never picked up the phone. I always just left her a message. Eventually, I got an email saying, we've got a job opening. Do you want to come in for an interview? But it was not until I think it was the third interview that gave me the job. So, you know, it just goes to show, like, just be res- like be resilient. Like, just, you know, pleasantly right? persistent, as you will. Persistent. How many weeks did you call in a row as well? That's what I loved. I think it was six to eight weeks. Right? And I think I can relate to this. There's an urge to do something, you do it, and you think, oh, if it comes off the first time, you feel great. But to sit with that resistance, and we'll call it failure, disappointment, rejection, slapping you in the face for six to eight weeks, most people can't take that. This is why I wanted you on the show, because... To do that takes a lot. And I've heard similar stories, but I just love the fact that you go, hey, I don't know what I want to do. I'm going to take myself to London. Oh, this isn't really feeling like where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to take myself towards the music industry. And having done every job under the sun, it does really fucking suck, by the way. So well done. I've been there. And when you arrived at that job, what was your experience? I kind of thought it was going to be a foot in the door. And in many ways, it served me really well in the sense that having a big company on your CV has opened up many conversations, but the job itself was not creative. And bear in mind, you're also very small fish in a very big pond with absolutely no power. So my job was to find music for sync purposes, so like non-commercial. So let's say somebody really wants a Lizzo song for their commercial, but they can't afford Lizzo. They would come to me and be like, hi, do you have something that sounds like Lizzo? And I'd be like, Yes, I do. So that was my job to find playlists for that. It was not always Lisso ad advertisement. It was most of the time like documentaries that needed some like atmospheric or like, you know, poignant such adjectives. Um, so after a day of listening to music for eight to 10 hours, the last thing I wanted to do was to make my own music and like spend time doing more music. I just wanted a break from music. And that kind of defeated the object because the whole point of working in the music industry was to do my music and and I quickly realized I was like oh actually this job thing in the music industry in in this way didn't give me what I really wanted um so that was a kind of like hard realization sort of like yeah it sounds really fancy on paper but I'm working like really long hours for peanuts and I'm not doing the thing that I wanted to do so that was kind of like okay well what I'm going to do then but I didn't have the courage to leave I stuck out for four years until the universe had all the plans for me. I wouldn't call that uncourageous. I would say it's courageous to to understand that you still want to do music after all that time. Because mm. I remember being a coach 
coaching people to write songs. I told you this before, but being on this podcast, coaching people to write songs, traveling across the different countries to write songs for people. But I couldn't stand listening to music in my spare time. It was all podcasts. It was all business. <laughs> it was all fitness. Yeah. I couldn't stand it. So it really does drain you. And I think it's awesome that you're able to share this because there might be a young loony now listening, going, oh, wow, maybe I can take a job in this sector so that I have some time and space for what I love. And just to share with people as well, Looney, you were, you were an artist at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. And I did disclose, you know, one of the things that when you start working for a big company, when you work on the other side of the music industry, you have to disclose that you're making music. And I was very transparent. And I said, look, I make music already and I don't plan to stop. And they're like, yeah, no worries. But because I didn't have... Uh, I didn't have a deal. I didn't have a record deal. I didn't have a manager at that point either. So like, I didn't have a team of people to kind of support my creative career. I don't necessarily think they saw me as a, as like a threat or like that's going to be conflict of interest. That's always like what that word is. Like, oh, if you're conflict of interest for our company, that's going to be a problem. So you had to ask for permission for anything. If you want to be on a podcast, have to get HR permission. If you want to go to a panel talk, you have to get HR's permission. If you want to do anything remotely music related or creative related, you have to get HR's permission. And I think I'm the kind of person that just, I always come up with new, I always like, I want to have a conversation about something. Like, oh, can we try this? Let's try that. You know, let's move with the times. And for a traditionally built business, I think they kind of saw me as a little bit of a problem child because I always questioned things. So like, let's do this, let's do that. Why are we not doing this or that? Um, so I can also understand how maybe it's sometimes been an absolute pain in the ass to work with because I never just said, okay, let, yes, let's just do this one thing without questioning how can we make it better. This is the parallel going backward because you're going to hear parallels going forward in your story, but this is little loony under the tall poppy syndrome in <laughs> yes. in Copenhagen, right? And she's she's gone again somewhere else. We're talking third person because it's funny, I think, and Bali gives me that vibe. But there's another kind of stage to this because after you'd had to disclose everything you did, including going to the toilet, because that's a creative movement, I think, when you're working at this record label, these industries, <laughs> what was the next step? Where did you go? And, and, and if you can, what drove you there? So I kind of knew what I didn't want was to stay there. And I wanted to, so first of all, I wanted to, um, I wanted to progress with my own music and I wanted a record deal. So I changed my computer password to record deal 2021 because <laughs> I was like let's manifest this record deal and um at this point I was already teaching music production on the side but it wasn't and I was on the slide yes because I couldn't disclose that but I was like I need a way out to like earn some income while I'm building myself up so I did that and then what I did to land my record deal I was reaching out to labels managers uh, publishers music connecting people that I thought was interesting every day I think it was about two months five people every single day five days a week so Monday to Friday for two months and then I ended up having I had quite a few different conversations but I had three label deals on the table at the end of those two months and so that sort of like landed me a record deal which was very useful. In this time, I kind of grew my my production coaching and production teaching on the side as well. Um, then the universe sort of got me fired from Universal, which is a very long, boring story. I think they wanted me out because spending in the works, I got pregnant. They didn't fire me because I was pregnant on paper, but they needed me out because I was an inconvenience, I believe. So 
I no longer had that job. This is all happening at the same time. So I got pregnant. I'm, I, ju- I was just about to sign the, this, like, this deal on, with this record label. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't want to work with the company if they're not on board with like me also being a mom. Because that was a big worry for me. Like, if I'm going to raise a child and also be an artist, you always see these stories, right? As soon as you get a baby, your career's over. You can't stay young. You know, you need to look like you're 17-year-olds and la di da da So I emailed the um, MD of the record label and I was like, just to let you know, I'm also pregnant and I just want to make sure before I sign this deal, if you're going to support me in that. Now, this woman, I respect her so much. She's She also worked really hard in the music industry and she raised twins. She called me and she was like, look, we fully support you. We've got your back. If you're in labor, we will do it, you know, whatever you need to do. Like they were just, it wasn't even a problem. They were like, yep, you do you and we get, we'll get, we move on. So that was just a really big confirmation of like, Having a child is not going to destroy your career, which I thought it was. Maybe that was also a bit, you know, stereotypically believing that. But that was a, like, was a genuine fear that I had. For those of you listening, this is quite complex because of the situation that you end up getting put in. And not only being someone who's very creative and questions things, but a young woman who's creative and questions things, who is pregnant, that I've seen in non-creative industries, in people close to me, that can change. It doesn't come in an email that says, you are pregnant, we're letting you go. It comes in other ways. It happens to you and around you. And I think that's incredibly difficult. But we're coming to, again, the crux of the, the story in my mind is like, you are in Bali right now. And from what you've described of your life, people may well think that you're like 75 years old because of everything that you've done and achieved. <laughs> But I would love to know, what was that experience from the start of being pregnant to the end of it? Because I think it's quite quite a crazy one. And please take the time to to pull it apart as you wish. Well, I mean, my daughter was a gift. She was not planned. Um, but she's the best thing that's ever happened for me. And I say for me, because not to me, because a child doesn't happen to you. You decide to bring a child into the world. But I was sitting there like, I was walking, I was walking, I was in Bali at this point, but I went back to the UK to have her and then I came back. I was walking on the beach and I was like, I've just been fired from my job. I'm five months pregnant. I have no like secure income because maternity leave, I was fired like right before the cutoff. If they had like, if they had been like a month later, I would still have been able to get maternity pay. So I'm like, how, how is this going to work? Like how the fuck is this going to work out and I just remember walking on the beach be like I have absolutely no idea but all I know that it just has to work out because there is no other option now my partner at the time he was like look I've got us like don't worry I will feed the family why don't you figure out what you actually really want to do with your life and I was like okay I'm going to figure this out and at this point I've already been teaching and coaching on the side and I really loved it because it it provided with such purpose for everyone now i had been producing for other people before but it didn't bring that like satisfaction it just felt a bit draining where teaching the production teaching the mindset and and really sharing those wins with with an artist that just felt that was just something else and i was like i really love this and seeing how like they then walk away being completely like confident with their music creation like suddenly we're sharing something it's not me like doing like do you just pay me for a service like we get to share this journey together that was something that was really profound so then okay i knew okay my due date is at the end of january 
2022. So I know that by this point, I'm probably going to get really busy, right? So like I have four months to create something that's going to buy me time. So I, I've created a course, I created a production course in this time. And hands down to Daniel Leslie with the course called Course from Scratch, because her method just changed my life. It was like, you actually sell it before you create it. So you have your idea, you outline your idea, and then you sell it. So now you know that there's skin in the game because people paid you for service. They know that this is going to start by whatever date you started at. So I was like, okay, I know I need to provide something by whatever date it was, beginning of January. I need to create all of the videos by this date. So that's what I did. So I created a course and we ran it like um, with a start date and we ran it like with a cohort, essentially. I've done that. I did that three times and... Popped a bo- popped a baby out. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's the big um, one in the room there. All as, of that. As you pregnant. do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and my record label was releasing two singles at this time as well. So it all just happened in a little bit of a whirlwind. So I think if somebody was listening, if they are in midst chaos, because when you're in chaos, you don't notice it until you're on the other side. Like this was just, I was just doing, and and right now the li- my life circumstances that I'm in right now, I feel I'm in a little bit of the same type of chaos i feel like i'm a little bit like oh every day is a little bit long you know it's a little bit chaotic right now but i know and i just have to remind myself more often than i'd like to admit that this also will this wave of chaos will come to the other side and i will become stronger and wiser and more peaceful at the end of that but the chaos is like it it provides you with such strength and that's where the magic happens. I really truly believe that is when you're like, oh, let's just, we're going to dig in the dirt now. We're just going to put all of our fingers. If you're, I'm really not a plant person. I could probably, I kill a cactus. That's that's the level of plant person I am. But like, if you are like a gardener, you like you just dig into the like deep into the dirt, and that's what we're doing with our creation. So if you're like wanting to do a project, especially also with music, because it takes time to create music. And whoever says to you, oh, it tastes like you know, I just got the idea, and then in the night I created the perfect record doesn't exist so if you're like fuck this shit i'm done with it i get it i get it but this is where we just come back to it or you take a little break you come back so that's very much what i did so all of this chaos just kind of like evaporated a bit so then i came back to bali in july 2022 when my daughter was five months and that at that point i sort of like released a cohort from the course because i realized that people kind of didn't like to be People on different levels, also with life, not necessarily with music production. Yes, there was a different skill set, but more importantly, like sometimes life just got in the way and they weren't they weren't really loving the, okay, next week I have to watch XYZ in order to like keep up. So the course became just, you can just watch the self-paced. So now I don't host cohorts with that, but now I teach one-to-one and then I have the course as well. So that felt really aligned both for me and for the students because that way they get best of both worlds type situation. They get that personal touch and we can go through your music. Like instead of me sitting sharing my screen, they would share their screen and we will work directly on their music. And to have a person there in your corner to ask any question, to demystify anything that you may go through right now, whether it's a tech issue is it a, how do I get my vocal to sound like like this? And you may have like a video you saw once of like somebody's vocal sounding amazing. Or I just have writer's block. How do I get over that? All of those questions that you have as a creative human being, we go through that. Um, and that's something that I wish I had. But I guess that's why, you know, when you go through hardship in life, you end up having ideas to how to make that easier for somebody else. And I think that's what driven so much purpose for what I've been doing is that it took me 10 years to get here. 
Like for someone else, it shouldn't take 10 years, you know? And that's what Bali is giving me. And I think to just think back of the time where I was walking on the beach and I just got fired and I was, what on earth am I going to do with my life? How am I going to provide for this child? First of all, I had support around me. I have somebody there to tell me, do you know what? I've got you while we're figuring this out. That's really important. However, that may come. It may come as a parent. It may come as a partner, friend, you know, a professional that you hire, whatever. Have that support. That's so important. And surround yourself with whatever you feed your head. So whether that's podcast, communities, books, um, you name it. You have to feed yourself so much positivity and belief um, because that's that's the only thing that I that I truly had was the belief that something better would come along and something better would have to happen than what I was in right now. And as you were talking that, I realized that this isn't necessarily for the listener at this point in my mind. I'm trying to sit and lock in human to human here because what you're saying is so poignant to me and that's why I think you're a very special person because of what you've been able to do under the pressure that you either put yourself under because just being loony or what happened for you as you said it and the reason I was so intrigued people that don't know loony is I think I'd heard of you or I'd seen of you it could have been my girlfriend sharing what you've done or it could have been Lucy or Chris or any of the people lovely people that that we know and I saw this woman in paradise doing my dream job of coaching people and hosting retreats and with this beautiful grace about her person and her content as well because that's super hard and then this little baby that seems so happy and peaceful and I just went who the fuck is this person like surely they are not real <laughs> thank you and of course like anyone impressive there are decades of, of, of suffering, complex suffering behind this. And you've hit the nail on the head with the show too. You said, I wish I knew this. And that's the whole point of this thing is how can we help other people not make the same mistakes as us? And I think there's one complication that maybe you haven't even addressed because it was just normal to you at the time. But how did you get to Bali and how did you do it during or just after COVID? Um, so I actually got to Bali um, in the second lockdown of that was beginning of 2021. And I was like, I ain't doing this England thing again. No way. It was dark. It was brutal. Um, so just a one way ticket. And then I guess it was just, I think what Bali really gave me that I felt that I feel London or maybe also more of England and maybe somewhere else and also in the world, it just became a little bit, yeah, like this badge of honor of being really busy like yeah I was in the office until 10 p.m it's like oh I was in the studio all night and I was like that sounds fucking horrific mate like I'm tired like I want to have like a little you know I'm a person that thrive on structure like I love knowing by the time I wake up and time going to bed like that's really like I thrive in that and I think what Bali really gave me was to slow down like I was a million miles an hour and I still sometimes am but it just really gave me permission to just like take a breath. Ah, nature, what concept. But also more importantly, I think I had so much healing to do. So also the thing that I would highly recommend any any person, human, get yourself some sort of therapist, coach, counselor, whatever you call it. Like that has been pivotal for my growth and my healing and my life. Just I've had both uh, both counselors and coaches and therapists. And I still see my, I see my now my hypnotherapist and she's absolutely amazing. She has been a really anchoring support right now. And I would, you know, yeah, absolutely. Always have support. I think that's, that's always the down to growth. Even with athletes, you see like the most incredible athletes, they've got 
coaches left, right, and center. So it's never, a, you're never a one-man band. Again, literally, I sent to my mom the other day, I saw, I watched Ben Earl work with a psychologist to become more consistent and then playing for England, England rugby. And we're on the same thought line. And I love that you bring that up as well. Sorry, that's my little interruption. Great parallel. No, I think, I think it's really, I think it's really important. You know, I was, I, I'm big. I'm getting to learn to become more reliant on my community because I was hyper independent for a very long time. And it's just a very lonely space to be in. And I I actually had this like a realization not too long ago, maybe a couple of weeks ago. I was like, this is actually probably the only time in my life that I feel comfortable with my friend group now that if I'm going through something really hard, I would call them like midst being like breaking down and that's the only time in my life isn't it it's taken nearly three decades to feel comfortable sharing my most vulnerable with somebody if that had been before I would just lock myself in a room and wait until I was okay to come out and share something well that's not community that's not support that's not that's not what we're here for we're here to find those people and it doesn't have to be a big circle it can be one or two people in your life it can be your therapist. I don't care. Just have a person that you can feel completely yourself with and you can just let your guard down. Because when we oh, okay, goosebumps. Okay. When we connect with something and somebody, that's when that that's that's true joy and love and peace and authenticity and purpose. That's connection. Like for somebody who has dealt with um eating disorders for or disordered eating for about 10 years now. A friend told me this quote, and it just really resonated with me, so I'm going to say it on here, is that the the opposite to addiction is connection and community. And when I heard this, I was like, oh my gosh. Because how many times do you hear somebody that's going through something addictive behavior, whether that's with drugs, you know, um, spending money, porn, eating, you name it, they're all doing it alone. That if you truly connect with something or somebody, it just can't coexist at the same time. It's so That's, fascinating. Again, you've pulled something out of my head as I'm thinking it. Because I heard Dr. Andrew Huberman talk about this, and it's really close to my heart, so I try not to go too much into it. But addiction is the reduction of things that bring you pleasure, slowly. The opposite of that is the increase of different things that bring you pleasure, like nature, like people. You talked about the village. You talked about the beauty of, of your daughter as well, having people around her. And this is incredibly important for music as well. And you have been able to share this with me and you shared a couple of things with me which are yours to share but I really appreciated you bringing them forward when we spoke because again externally if people go and check out like check out just Looney check out all of her stuff it's it's awesome um but now you know the person that's behind it and the person who walked on that beach five months pregnant just been fired just signed a record deal I've no idea what I'm doing first time mum you know many many years before 30 this is the impressive thing um in that sense anyway that you could do all this and be smiling and you go through that chaos. And I know you shared with me as well recently, which is also why I think you're quite special, is that you're able to operate like this and share this level of conversation while being in something that is incredibly difficult. You've got a dog, you've got a cat, you've got a house, you're moving, you're in between different countries. Um, you're working with your partner as well. And it's like, how do you do all this and still smile? That's my question. Um... I don't. I think that's the answer um, because it's such a roller coaster. So just for context, like I recently split up with my partner and it's been a really turbulent few weeks, probably been the most turbulent in my life. 
And there has been so much grief and sadness. And yes, I don't really display that on social media. And it's not because I'm against it. I think that when you're going through something so turbulent um, of like, I'm just like settling into this new role of being a single mom or solar mom, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just trying to come to terms with that and like sitting in that really uncomfortable emotion of like grief and anger and frustration and sadness like so I don't do everything with a smile I think I just also feel incredible joy and gratitude for life because I'm still here I had moments where I was wishing I weren't here but we're not there right now like I'm here and I've got a human being to take care of and I think what children really give you is like it is they're fucking annoying sometimes and they're so inconvenient and they don't sleep and they eat at odd times and whatever but they they also just drive your pur- your purpose and your perseverance and i think that's what's been kind of keeping me through it is that i don't want my daughter to grow up in a world where i didn't do did everything i could to show her the best example and that, that means what everything. That's not being the happiest version of yourself, by the way. That's being the most authentic version of yourself. So that means also allowing yourself to feel all of the shitty emotions because that's a part of life. And sharing with relevant people that you feel that you can openly and vulnerably and safely share with. And then also find joys in the little things. So, you know, I've been doing things that I haven't. I've just been pausing for years. I went ecstatic dance. You know, I took myself out and I was like, oh, I haven't done that in so long. When we give ourselves the love that I was seeking outwardly, it's a very different situation. I feel so much more peaceful with myself, even though that it also comes along with so much more sadness. Like earlier today, I had a really, I actually had a really shitty morning today, but I really wanted to come and do this podcast. And I was like, I should be really looking forward to this podcast. I don't want to let that affect me. It will affect me in the sense that that's still how my day was. But I can choose how I react to it. I can choose how I respond. I can't choose what happens. I can't choose somebody else's actions or however they decide to live their life and try to let that affect mine. But I can decide how I'm going to let that affect me. So it's okay to say, hey, that happened. That was shit. It's okay to feel, okay, I feel whatever I feel about it. But I can decide if I want to move forward or I'm going to let that stop me from being, you know, wherever I need to go. And here we are. So to answer your question in short, I don't do everything with a smile. I actually can't do everything. I think what Bali also gives me is quite literal support. Here, I would never be able to, in my life right now, maybe one day, to be able to afford childcare, a cleaner, things that will help me with domestic things that I simply just am not even good at and I don't enjoy it. So right now I have somebody who come cleans my house. I have amazing childcare that my daughter fully like loves so I have that gift of support so wherever you get your village like we talked about wherever you find your village whether that is your your neighbors your family members the people you hire whatever you have to find your village to help you be it doesn't even have to be like do stuff for you it has to just you have a village that's there to support you in whatever capacity that you need I can't add to that it's beautifully said because it was also said in a way that me at 20, however old I am, 28 at the moment, every single thing was, so what you said and how you've shown up, this is our second time talking together, add that to the context of what you were going through, even last week, even today, even every day. That's what makes you special because 
you are sharing this as you do it. You are succeeding as you struggle. And for people to have that context, maybe they can't fully feel it like I can. But that's what was powerful to me. And normally I have all these clever and funny things to say, but they're not needed when you said it so purely as that. And I look forward to learning from you. And every time we have a chat, I was telling my girlfriend about you and your story over the weekend. I was just like, I met this really inspiring person who's got their wounds on one side open and the other side they've got. You've kept your sensitivity to the world and what's beautiful. And again, from what I've seen of your daughter, she seems like a sun-kissed gift to humanity of happiness. You know, she just, and I said that she genuinely, she's a very lucky little girl because she's got a mum who, when she grows up, be able to tell her stories about how to dig into the earth, how to pull something from that. And again, my, my sister-in-law yesterday, I was cleaning felt tip pen off my hand again and, you know, bathing her daughter. And I just said, you know, how could you do this on your own? You know, there's six of us in this house and the two-year-old's still getting close to running us all down. So the fact that you're doing that, you've got a dog, you've got a cat, you've got a house, you've got a business. And I don't know anyone like you. And I think that was a feeling I saw. Yeah. And I think you're incredibly special. And there is one more thing I wanted to ask about because it's it's also something I'm interested in doing and a couple of my friends have started doing. But you're running retreats as well as courses. Is that correct in Bali? Yes. So uh, it actually hasn't happened yet, but I'm running my first retreat in about two months. And it still surprises me how when things are aligned, it just flows. So I didn't even know I was doing retreats eight months ago. Um, but I went to this festival and came across this absolutely incredibly beautiful studio. And then my partner at the time, he was like, you should go record here. And I'm like, yeah, I am. So I hired it out and I was like, I don't care. I don't even know what song I'm doing. I just know I need to be here. And I love when I feel that about music spaces because I don't know about you, but I just hate when they're really dark and there's always, it's always dark in there. And I'm like, how is that going to supposed to inspire me? But this place was light. Everything was light. Everything was just, I feel like I could breathe in there proper. And it was like surrounded by nature. I was like, the the grand piano was white. I was like, yep. I, I, did, I just know I need to be here. I can't explain it. So I hired it out. I went to record that. I met the, pe- I met the people, happened to run into the founder of the place. We end up talking, blah, blah, blah. And then my partner at the time, he was like, I think you should do a retreat here. And I was like, no way I can do that. He's like, yeah, you can. And I'm like, can I? Anyway, that kind of burst the idea because this place is also an artist residency. So people can stay there. And I was like, this is fucking brilliant. Imagine if you spend a week just doing all of the things that I love, you know, sauna, ice bath, meditation, beach walks, um, yoga, eating nutritious foods, going into the studio, creating music, like workshop like who you want to be as an artist with like-minded peers who is on the same page and on the same journey as you i was like i don't know how this is going to happen i just know i need to create it turns out also that the founder also used to run music retreats so i picked his brain a bit and i said this is what i would love to create and he was like i love that idea and we want to promote more women in the music space because it's always dudes that are doing it and there's nothing wrong with being a man absolutely not but we're also you know in an era where we have want to see more women in that space and I was like I really just want to create this for women right now I'm like, I love that so that's how the the idea was birthed and it just went from there and I think again it was this sense of really digging deep into can I do this 
to knowing, like I just had this deep knowing of like, I just know that I'm able to, I just don't know what that would look like and I don't know how it's going to work. And when you listen to your intuition, the universe, I am a very spiritual person, but it's because it's proven again and again and again that when I listen to my intuition and I follow my heart, doors open. I don't know how that works. It just does. So I start asking around in my network, be like, is this something you'd be interested in? This is what I'm thinking about doing. I have no website at this point. This is just an idea. I have some like dates in the diary, maybe type situation. And people are like, yeah, I want to come. And then it's like, oh, okay. But then I built my website then. I took a couple of courses on how to run retreats. So I'm figuring out, let me just find out how to actually do this. Spoke to a couple of different people who's already run retreats. If you want to learn something, speak to somebody who's already done it. You know, I think that's the fastest way to growth is to pick someone's brain who's already done something that you are inspired by. And I think as a person who is, I just trust everything will come back. I trust in karma. So whenever I give something, somehow it's not linear, but eventually things will come back. So if people ask me how I run my business, I'll be very open and transparent. This is how I've done everything that I do. Nothing that I teach is a secret. Because you can probably Google any practical tool and tip that I share in my music production, whatever. You can probably Google your way out of that. But people don't work with you because you, they can Google your way out of something. They work with you because of your energy, because of the accountability, because of the method in which you've learned something. And when I understood that concept, it's like, oh, the reason so I recently also like became a part of this like coaching community. And I was like, oh, the reason why I want to be a part of that is not necessarily to know what they know, is to be surrounded by the way they think. And the way they think would would change the way I think. And the way I think is gonna amplify my actions and that's gonna make my life better. That's gonna provide me with better opportunities, it's gonna provide me with better income, it's gonna provide me with a better life. So that's how that all came about. And here we are, like, <clears throat> I literally just had a person today fill out an application form. That's when I knew that I was onto something. When there were people that I didn't know that have filled out the application form on the website, I was like, oh my gosh, it's happened. Somebody that I have no idea who is has filled out the application form because so far it had only been people that I knew. Because if you have connections already, I don't have a big following on social media, but they're very, very loyal and they're very solid. So I would, I feel very confident in reaching out to my network and share something and they would respond probably with their authentic opinion because I have a very, I have a very specific niche for what I do. But that's when I was like, oh, I'm onto something. People are wanting this because the people that I don't know has filled out the application form on my website. And here we are and it's happening. It's actually happening. I can't even believe it. We are, well, now we're going to be nine people and it's nearly sold out. We only got two spots left and that's incredible. And I am literally pinching myself that this is actually going ahead. I don't have questions anymore. You know what I mean? Like when someone speaks as eloquently as you, I don't feel like there's anything I can add because it would just be distracting from all of the value that you've just shared there. And I'd imagine when this comes out, that first retreat will be full. And I want people to follow Looney for when she does another one. Because I know a couple of people that listen to this show would be interested. And I am learning from you. So I would kind of like to say that despite the beautiful studio, and please check out the studio, it's fucking ridiculous, the one you're talking about. Um, I work in a, an amazing studio and people literally can't write a song on the first day because they're so buzzed. They're so taken up with it. And another thing I want to add is that, yes, a, a, a gorgeous friend of mine, I spoke to her recently, she said, most studios are underground with no lights and it's normally only men 
is that really an environment we want to tell people is conducive to creativity for women? It's fucking not. So let's move on from that. That's a passionate point of mine as well. So working with Looney. But yeah, what I would say about Looney, I've only spoken to you a couple of times, but I don't know. There's something that we share and we'll find out what that is exactly. But yes, there's beautiful food. Yes, Bali is gorgeous. Yes, it's an incredible retreat. Yes, it's an incredible studio. But do you know what the most valuable thing is there, Looney? That week for people. You. To give yourself some credit for that. Because you are doing all these things. You are providing this for people. You're bringing this into the world. And I would say I don't know how you do it. I do. But I don't know how you've arrived at that. Your way. Because I learned... I 12 years ago, so I started to learn all these things quote-unquote intellectually or experientially. But you just seem to be running into the most meaningful and purposeful and effective ideas in life not only understanding them but you're bringing them into fruition everything we talk about on the show about like preparation and opportunity and then you've also got mentoring and you've also got mindset and it just seems like you know all these things intuitively and you don't give yourself any credit for it which is why you're special in my in my mind thank you i think it's like it's weird because if you like if like whoever's listening if you just think back to maybe like let's say like a couple years back in your life and if that version of you were to think the things that you had been, you have done by this time like in this day and age would you have been able to predict that if i were to speak to like five year younger self fyi girl like in five years time you're going to be living in bali most of your time with a nearly two year old and you're going to be running your first retreat i'd be like shut up that's never going to happen but just like i think we just so often miss those small steps and those small things that just over time make a really big difference. I think things started to change quite radically for me when I've valued and focused on my well-being. What I mean by that is how I was looking after my head and my body. So things like meditation, reading personal development books, surrounding myself with people that would also think positively about the world and life in general, like that sped up your growth and that also another thing that speeds up your growth is shitty situations so if you're in a shitty situation right now maybe that's for a reason maybe that's there to speed up your growth in life that's you know also it could just be a shitty situation but i'm an optimist so i like to think that things happen for a reason maybe i don't know that reason right now but eventually i will find out and i just have a deep faith in it just has, it just works out. It just has to work out because I ain't not, I'm not living this life being miserable. It's not worth it. I've, I've, I've been miserable for a little while and it's really not that fun. So I'm here to just find the good in things and, and find the reasons to make it better, both for myself, for my daughter, for the community, for the music industry, for the planet. Yes, it's going to sound super che cheesy and woo woo, but I just don't care. Like this life is here to be lived with, with a capital L. You know, I want to say at the end of my days, I lived, I lived and we had ups and downs, but it was a fun ride. Again, if you just look at what you actually do, what you're actually doing, when people go and check you out, they will see it. And then how you choose to live every day. You live with that idea of even this morning may well have been one of the hardest challenges that anyone in their life so far would have faced, but that was your morning and you chose to go forward with the day you chose to do something you didn't need to do which is share a lot of yourself to a stranger on a screen through a microphone but that's that's why you're special right it's that it's that congruence of two things you're incredible in terms of what you can achieve 
And every day you take yourself seriously enough to care for yourself to be able to get there. And I've just had a, a snapshot, a digital snapshot over two calls of you. And I'm kind of a bit obsessed with what you've been able to do and how you've done it. And when we spoke, I broke down my idea really quickly of what I shared with some students recently in the UK, you know, what luck really is and then how you look after yourself. And I just met like the living version of that doing things that, as I said, you know, I can either choose to be better or choose to be involved in what you're doing because it's so impressive to me. And I was so like this, like, like I said, like funnily, like a bit of jealousy of people I really want to work with. It starts with like, shit, how'd they do that? And you go get over yourself and you speak to these people. So it's amazing to have you on. And I just like to applaud you for the way in which you go about life, particularly when it's difficult, because those are the hardest times to take those with grace to move forward is stupid. And little side effect, She's just done a perfect interview in a second language, by the way, people. So that's to be noted as well. <laughs> and I also just want to say thank you to you because you're you're the person that's that's bringing like to bring a podcast to people. I think it actually takes a lot more work and dedication and and skill and patience and pre being present in the moment to actually follow through on a conversation that's interesting enough for people to listen to. Like that takes a lot of trust and skills so well done and thank you for providing that to people and i also just wanted to put a little side note is that sometimes looking after yourself is also just laying in bed with a tub of ice cream and netflix because that's what i did on saturday and quite honestly it was fucking great like i just cancelled all of my plans and i was like i have until 2 p.m until i need to be a mom and i'm going to spend that time in bed so sometimes looking after yourself is holding up really strong boundaries for yourself and saying no to things. Sometimes looking after yourself is getting your ass to the gym and meditating and drinking your green juice. Sometimes looking after yourself is eating a tub of ice cream in bed with Netflix. And I think I still haven't found that balance. However, I've noticed that when I have a little bit of all of that, I tend to live a happier life. I tend to just take things a bit more easy. So I just also want to say, sometimes it's not being productive. Sometimes it's actually being really fucking unproductive. It's the best way to look after yourself. Yes. I mean, we should pay all this conversation because it's that good. And as much as you <laughs> have maybe seen through the cracks, it's very difficult to run a podcast. It's difficult to do it well, but I've never done it alone, as you said. And I've always had people to tell me when I'm doing the wrong thing. And honestly, I didn't need to make an effort today. It was just so easy because of the quality of your human beingness. That was easy to extract. And I'd highly recommend people go and check out what Looney's doing. As I said, this might well be out in time to grab that last slot, but knowing Looney, I don't think there'll be any slots for this time. So look at the next cycle. I can't really explain. I think you're just the living, breathing embodiment of what this show is about. I think props for what you do as a mother, but even to be completely honest, even if you weren't a mum, this would still be an incredibly impressive life still to be continued every single day. I think you can be very proud of yourself and, and what you shared today will hit. Hopefully a lot of people have a long period of time. As I joked about, this is here forever. So yeah, that make it worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so is there anything else like where can people find you and what would you really like them to, to look at? Um, well, you can find me on Instagram, which is at just.looney. Or you can email me at unicorn at beatsbylooney.com. I should do. That's my email address. Um, 
I would just say just, yeah, if you're curious, just have a chat. I'm always open to have a conversation. I think that's something that I wanted to create in the social media space because I was a little bit allergic to social media in the beginning of like influencing and stuff like that. But I genuinely think also social media can provide with such connection. I have managed to like, I run my business solely online. So especially Instagram had created beautiful connection with people and like yourself like we wouldn't have we wouldn't have the conversation without being online so I want to create I want to be that part of social media that's also a place for good conversation and ability to share whatever's going on for somebody so you know if you're curious about you know having conversation doesn't have to be music related just be having a chat just reach out say hi beautiful check out just loony and I'm very much looking forward to getting a piece of barley next time I come see my friends in Australia. So we'll talk about that. But yeah, like I said, I think I've said enough. The value is, in, is implicit of what you said. And I'm very much looking forward to have you on in, well, the next time when you're taking over the world, somewhere else. So well done. And thank you. You're welcome. Bye, people. The episode might well be over for this week, but you can still do so much for your songwriting right now. If you want to send in a song, for submission, for us to review, or ask us a question, or just say hello and get in touch, you can send us an email, I wish I knew that pod at gmail.com. We'll get right back to you with whatever you need. If you would like to join the Discord, then in this very show, in the links below, you can do that. Why not bring some friends? Why not tell people about what we are doing so this can be even richer for you and your collaborators? If you want to get in touch with us on Instagram, I wish I knew that pod. And if you really want to help the show out, if you feel like you want to contribute more than just your precious time, there are some incredible resources that I've vetted, picked, approved for you. And if you use the links below to purchase them, it will help this show out massively and keep us going and keep us finding people like you all over the world. And of course, if you want to book a call with me, you can do so. I am there. You can go to my website, jamiecarlcoop.com or check out the link. I'm there for your questions, your projects. If you want to talk theory, if you want to talk about relationships, if you want to talk about anything, I am there for you. Look forward to meeting you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And wherever you are, I wish you all the best with your songwriting. I'll speak at you very soon.